Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to look ahead to the first of our big weekend games coming up this Friday and Monday. So we're going to start with Good Friday's Clash in South Wales. So to help me preview that, please welcome Ed Bridges from the 1912 Exiles podcast. How are you doing, Ed? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Um, trying to muster up some enthusiasm for fourth division football in a season <laughs> that petered out some time ago for Newport County. <laughs> No, I say I think all football fans have been there at some point in their football supporting careers. It's getting to that point of the season where we're hoping you're on the you're on the beach, but um, we can't <laughs> go in presuming that. Um, when we played you back in October, you just I think you just appointed Graham Coughlin. Is that right? Um, I think it was his second game in charge. I want to say yeah, had a pretty bad start to the season. In he came. Um, overall thoughts on this job he's done so far. So you were 18th when he started. You're 18th now. Overall, what what are your kind of feelings towards him? Yeah, I mean that 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 sounds that sounds like a pretty uh, unimpressive last few months, but actually the momentum when he came in was taking us downwards, and the momentum now is is taking us upwards. Um, opinion varies as to how seriously we might have ended up in a relegation fight if we stuck with James Robry. Um I'm not saying we would definitely have gone down, but I think. You know, we probably would have been half a dozen points worse off, um, and you know, it is quite tight down there beneath us. We're we're slightly above that. You know, if, if you go on the basis that Rochdale are probably down, and then it's going to be one out of Crawley, Colchester, Hartlepool, and Harrogate. I think we we perhaps would have been in that mix had we not made the change when we did. Um, Coco has come in and made us hard to beat. Um, Hard to watch a little bit at times, it has to be said, but um, we've we've been playing some better stuff in the last few months. Um, and I think a lot of us are quite looking forward to next season. I think by the time he's had a full transfer window to mould his, his squad, um, I'm not saying we're, we're necessarily going to be in a playoff hunt next season, but I think we can be looking towards the top half of the table and um, some evolution rather than revolution. So, yeah, he's done a good job. I think he's won the fans over. Um, you know, his his maxim from day one was first learn to crawl, then learn to walk and then learn to run. And I think we're getting towards the walk phase now. And uh, most of us are, are quite happy with the way he's solidified us over that last kind of six months. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was a dreadful start, wasn't it? But you've only won about three games before mid-October. And was that roughly the expectation in the summertime? 
was it not quite being met? Was that the the issue? Because it, it sounds to me like you're quite a patient fan base. Um, you generally have been in League Two. Um, I mean, what went wrong for for Albury in the first place in in the first few weeks of the season? He had so much goodwill because he was a Newport boy. He he talked a very good game. Everyone was desperate for him to succeed, and we did play scintillating football under him. You know, you turn up to to games expecting to see five goals and not knowing which way any of them would go. You know, we <laughs> th- there'd be plenty of goals at both ends, and they'd be entertaining games. But um, I think probably his undoing was he was. Uh, it sounds like a weird thing to say. It's, it was almost like he was too good a coach at this level. You know, he'd done stuff with the um, FAW Football Association Wales uh, set up. He'd done stuff at Cardiff City. And I think he was used to coaching a better calibre of player than perhaps he had at his disposal. And I also think we missed out apparently on a couple of big transfer targets, particularly in midfield. And I think that showed. Um, and I think when it came to perhaps working with the squad that he'd got rather than being able to bring in better standard players who he could develop. I think maybe that's that's where it started to go wrong. And you know how it is. Sometimes results start to go against you and you just end up in a bit of a kind of death spiral. Um, and he may well have come good eventually. And, I, and he's a good coach and I'm sure he will go on to do well in football um, elsewhere. But I think probably head over heart, we made the right decision to to say goodbye when when we did um and uh, yeah i think now we've, we've probably shown that this is a this is a decent squad it's not an amazing squad but it's solid um the expectation i think last summer from me was that we would be mid-table because we we weren't going to replace the great crop of low knees that we had last year um i think after the poor start we we had we are now looking like a, a, a mid-table team albeit a lower mid-table team um but yeah, I think that there's a little bit of optimism that maybe for next year we can we can get it right and look a bit higher up. Mm. It definitely feels like a long term appointment with Coughlin as well. I keep I keep wanting to say Coughlin, but it's Coughlin. I think um, I've been put right a couple of times on that. But um, yeah, don't forget the cock. Yeah, don't forget the cock. <laughs> Never forget that. Um, but it does seem to be one to to kind of fit where you are at the moment in terms of it's not. A firefighter when it's such, but it's something to it's one to match what the fan base actually is looking at, and it's it's one where you he can have you can have patience and you can sort of build something with him. Yeah, we know we are one of the smaller clubs in this division, um, not just in terms of kind of fan base, but also you know financially because we're fan owned. I'm a huge fan of fan ownership. I think it's the right way to go for clubs at this level, but it does mean that you you have to spend within your means. You know, we're not like certain other Welsh clubs, perhaps from a bit, a bit further north in Wales, who've got uh, Hollywood A-listers who can throw money at the problem. You know, we have to live within our means. Um, Newport is is perhaps not the most desirable location for a, a journeyman um, low league pro. And so, you know, you've, you've got to work with what you've got available. Um, and, you know, we compared to some of the bigger teams in this division, I think we've we generally kind of punched above our weight um over over recent years i think this year has been perhaps a more of a uh, a return to type a little bit but um we've we've still shown we can upset the big boys occasionally you know we we played well against Leighton orient a couple of times this season um and i think we're quite looking forward to the visit of northampton as a a chance to test ourselves against one of the the the, the better sides in the league um with the squad this squad that's coming together really nicely and see whether um after a bit of a break um in terms of our home games over the last uh, last few weeks, you know, this is a good chance to try and showcase what we what we can do. And our season ticket uh, 
uh, forms went out last season for people to, to renew for next year. So I think there'll be a lot of people who've just had that through the post who'll be thinking, right, can we be entertaining against a good team in the division? And if so, they may renew season tickets for next year. So there's a, there's a little bit of pressure, I think, on the players to, to entertain on Good Friday. Mm. Is, is that something you've done for the majority of the season? Is Have you kind of seen flashes of it? Is it something consistent that you've that you kind of slowly built? Is that is it something that's been evident from the start of Cochrane coming in? I mean, listen, he came in and, like I said earlier, made us hard to beat. Um, and we don't score many goals, but we don't let too many goals in. Um, and that was fine, given what he needed to do uh, on arrival. Um, we've started to be a little bit more expansive. Um, the, the key signing in January was uh, Harry Charsley, who previously had been at Port Vale and won promotion with them. He has not just played well in himself in midfield, but actually he's freed up other players to do other jobs. Um, and perhaps we've found a little bit more creativity than, than we had before. Um, and so... Yeah, I still think we're, we're perhaps a little bit lacking creatively as a team, but but we're looking a lot better than we were for large chunks of, uh, at the start of the season. So, um, yeah, if we can just keep making those incremental steps forward and create a few more chances for our front men. And then I think, yeah, over the summer, the, the challenge of finding a goal scorer for next season is the the big one. Mm. You've only, looking at your results earlier, you've only lost five times since you drew at Sixfields, drawn 10 of them games. It, you can kind of look at it as, oh, the, there's a lack of a cutting edge, or you can look at it as actually we're building something quite solid here and we're, we're not, you're not quite far away from pushing top half again. It's, which kind of one, where do you fall on that? It's it's definitely the latter. I think if if we'd had a proven goal scorer, and I, you know, obviously, I know every team in the lower half of any division will say, if only we had a proven goal scorer, we would be in the top half. Um, but I think there is a truth of that with with Newport. We we don't ship so many goals, um, and we've started to create a little bit more. We we don't have the strength in depth up front, perhaps that we would like to have. You know, we rely a lot on Omar Bogle, who is a solid low league pro and will finish the season as top scorer, but, um, you know, he he will dip in and out of form. We've got some good young low knees. So Charlie McNeil on loan from Man United has, uh, has started to score now and, and is technically very good, but, you know, is getting to grips with life in the fourth division and big lumbering centre-halves trying to kick lumps out of him. Um, but, you know that that's something for next season. I think if we can sign well in the summer, um, you know we, we're only a couple of players short of being a top half team. Weirdly, now I think it's just um, it's just yeah developing in the right way. Mm. It, there's looking at your goal scores. No one's reached double figures in the league. I think this season Bogle's top with nine. That there's yeah the obvious question of Dom Telford and the massive hole that he's left you. Um, like first look how. How annoyed were you that he joined a club like Crawley? Secondly, like what are you, what are you doing to kind of build build that hole or patch over that hole that he's left? Because it it does look on paper that it's just there's a massive difference between having a goal scorer and not having one up there. Well, listen, he he got 27 goals last season. He was the first player to to get that sort of tally since we had like John Aldridge in the 80s. So, you know, players like that don't come along um, all that often. I think there are two things to say. Firstly. Even when uh, he left, I think a lot of us said that season is going to be an outlier in his career. You know, he's not going to go and score that many goals again for for anyone. Um, he, he great player, Dom Telford, um, but it was it was almost like just everything came together perfectly last season in a way that would be hard to replicate. Um, and the other thing is, in terms of, of being you know disappointed at him leaving, I mean, obviously 
a lot of us expected him to perhaps go uh, a league higher. But this is what I mean in terms of the money that's sloshing around in in this league. Either even a club like Crawley, who've been in a relegation scrap, um, are able to chuck money at signing players like Dom Telford. And you know, you see more recently with Gillingham and being able to to go and sign. You know, their their approach to the, in the transfer window was like, let's just buy a load of Honda parts and throw them at a wall and hope <laughs> we make a Ferrari. And you know, there are just teams at this level who can do that. Whereas we've had to beg, steal, and borrow what we can and that's that's kind of how it is um but you know we know if another club at this level wants to try and outbid us on a player chances are they probably will so i think we just have to be realistic about that Mm. Uh, where do you kind of stand on fan ownership we mentioned it briefly earlier but like you say it's it's so difficult when you've got even teams a, a level below you and even like we can't compete with with that a lot of the time I'm assuming over the summer and January we've probably lost players and lost targets to the likes of that team that you didn't want to mention earlier <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know teams that are up there coming up Stockport have come up with a massive amount of money like how difficult is it to be fan owned and to keep that energy about you when you know that there's teams coming up from the league below ready to to kind of challenge you and throw loads of cash at it the thing i always come back to and i know it's a cliche is that kind of virtue is its own reward a little bit and i i love the idea of us being a fan-owned club i love the fact that you know we get to vote who sits on the board and we um we have that control and in theory that that access to information about how the club is um, is run uh, and fundamentally I trust fans to run the club in a sustainable and honest way more than I would trust someone who may be in it for you know a property deal or their own kind of their own gain and uh, yeah you know we'd all love it if an oil state came in or some Hollywood owners and just wanted to benevolently throw a load of money at the problem but actually for most clubs that that isn't what happens or even if that is what happens for a bit what happens when they they shoot off and the money dries up and and we of all clubs know just how dangerous it is when you have somebody who comes in making grand promises and then turns out to be a, a trickster um you know where that can can leave you so um i think yeah once bitten twice shy and all that i think newport fans uh, on balance are, are, are quite happy with the setup that we've got it does limit our ambition you know we are probably um, destined to be a, a, a fourth division club, run sustainably. We may occasionally have um, the odd moment in in the sun. You know, we had a couple of playoff finals in recent years and, and have come close to promotion. But um, but that suits me fine. If we can play good, entertaining football at this level and do all the kind of great community stuff that we do in the city, ah, that, that's that's all right by me. I can I can live with that. It's not all about. Um, winning everything out there and and honestly a new misfield the same way I, I wouldn't want to support a top flight team or you know all the, the nonsense that goes with it I, I quite like this division there's a there's an honesty to it mm. yeah there's nothing like it is there really? I mean I'd like us to be a, a couple of divisions up and, and have a go one day but you want to do it the right way I think don't you it's it's um it's the way that teams like Brighton are doing it and things like that. You want to, you want to own yeah, who actually yeah, invest yeah. and does it, does it properly. But um, like how long have you been fan owned for now? Uh, oh, I guess it's, it's probably seven or eight years, something like that. So we've, we've been there for a while. I mean, it's something we talked about on the pod, actually, that we, we don't tend to shout about it as much as, you know, your AFC Wimbledon's, your Exeter's, your Portsmouth's. Um, 
But yeah, we just sort of in a very Newport way, just quietly get on with it in the background and uh, and don't make a don't make a fuss. But um, yeah, I think on balance, most pe- most fans like that model, but would also like it if we could find some extra investment from somewhere. But there aren't. Like, we have had one new director join this season who apparently is fabulously wealthy. Um, but I think that's more because we want to tap into his business experience and acumen rather than his checkbook. Um, although if, if if he's listening and wants to write out a check for a 30 goal a season striker for next season, I mean, that would be ideal. <laughs> and how does that kind of thing work in terms of like signing players, sign, um, bringing managers in? How much say do like your average fan on the board have on that? Is, is there still something in place that, that's kind of a, above the fan ownership. Is there somebody there? Was it the chairman's finally? So, like, how does it work in terms of? I mean, voting uh, ultimately, we, yeah, we we vote for the for the board of the supporter trust, and then um, they from them nominate people to to be the the club board, and they may um, bring extra people in to kind of provide um, advice and and potentially investment in theory, um, but. As a normal fan, you know I don't get any choices uh, about who the manager might be or who plays left back on a Saturday afternoon, and, and I think most fans don't expect that level of um, of input. But um, you know, I pay my whatever it is five pound, ten pound a month towards in my trust membership, um, and uh, that to me feels like a, a, a good investment. You know, in, in terms of um, having that democratic accountability. Mm. Is is there kind of a struggle to to think how you get to the next level of League One eventually? You know, everyone, every team wants to target the next division up. Obviously, first and foremost, I assume you still want to just you know hold your own in League Two, but have a go like you did a, for a couple of seasons. I think since you've been up, but what do you think you need to get to that next level? Well, the thing is, it, it's easy to say, "Oh, what we need is some investment," but you know, we we twice got to playoff finals under Mike Flynn um, with probably a lower budget actually than, than we have now um, because um, although he, uh, he he was able to generate some funds through uh, through good cup runs but actually our our crowds have grown in in recent seasons we've got more season ticket holders than, than ever before so um, you know I think we we have to generate our own income but it is about signing the right sorts of players and uh, and actually it comes back to what you were saying earlier, where possible, once we get those good players, actually tying them down to kind of long-term contracts, because too often we'll bring in players who will start to prove themselves and then they will get uh, picked off. So yeah, Dom Telford was uh, was one. Um, I suspect Priestley Farquharson, who is at the heart of our defence uh, at the moment, is not going to be here next season, despite us um, having really brought him through as a professional um and you know even people like uh tom king who of course now at uh, sixfields you know came through uh did really well uh for newport county got into the wales squad as a newport county player but salford come and dangle the money in front of him and uh, and he goes so i think getting some good long-term contracts in um midway through the season uh is probably the way forward once we start to see what players can do but mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we thank you for King. He came in and did a great job for us. It was pretty much an off the cuff signing, and we were all thinking because he's back up to Lee Burge essentially. Burge got injured. King came in on a almost an emergency deal, and it's it's um he turned out a lot better than a lot of us thought he would be because you think you're signing some some other club second keeper for the rest of the season or whatever, and it you you, you know you kind of had low expectations on it. But he came in and did such a good job, and it was. There was the, even a Burge had been amazing in the first half of the season, 
but there was even that question of will King keep his place and stuff. So we've you know we've now got two top keepers, which is great. Um, well, I mean, you know, King King is there. Um, uh, he's, he's in the Wales squad regularly now, albeit his third choice keeper. But mm. you know, you're not getting there through through luck. Um, he's yeah, he's he's earned that place, and you know, I I don't know, but I suspect he is a good pro to have around the place. Again, you know, you're not going to get into the international squad um, unless you are you do all the other stuff off the pitch, you know, really well and, and take your game seriously. So I think, yeah, Newport fans have an awful lot of respect for him for the job that he did with us, and we're, we're sad to see him go. Mm. Uh, before we come on to predictions, what do you want to see from yourselves for the last seven or eight games of the season? Well, there's been a lot of talk about this because um, we are we're almost certainly going to finish 18th. There's there's this kind of running joke amongst <laughs> Newport fans that it doesn't matter what result we get or what results happen around us. We're just 18th every week now. That is just where <laughs> where we're going to finish the season, and we've kind of made our our peace with that. Um, I think particularly now. Uh, that season ticket renewals are out. Uh, I think there's an expectation that we're going to try and be a bit more um, open with our play and try and be a little bit more entertaining, perhaps maybe even score a few more goals. Um, that isn't going to be easy against uh, Northampton on on Good Friday. Um, but I think showing some intent to go out and win at home is really important because um, you're right, our our form is reasonable. But actually, if you look at our home form, it's not been great this season. A lot of our results have tended to come on the road. Um, and, and that's a problem for, for obvious reasons. Uh, so trying to perhaps be a little bit bolder at home in trying to win games would be good. Um, and, in, and part of that will come by not conceding goals early on, which we seem to do with alarming regularity. I think in the last three home games, you know, it, we've we've conceded in the first five minutes of a half, you know, f- three, four times. We just can't seem to get through the opening five minutes of a half without um, chucking one in. So uh, I think there's, there's something there we need to guard against. Um, so I think those are probably the expectations. Be a little bit bolder, but, but also, um, yeah, come out, swinging um and and not trying to pass it around tippy tappy on the edge of the box <laughs> yeah we um we tend to come out pretty well five opening five ten fifteen minutes of most games we tend to kind of start like the house on fire and kind of if we score we then sit back and, and sit back a little bit just to try and protect it so hopefully if we score in the first 10 15 minutes of the game then it sets us off well but um yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting one because I mean, I assume we'll take a fair few over there. Good Friday is a good day for football and stuff. But, you know, it, it, it sounds to me like you're... Like the fan base wants you to be expansive, but do you think Cochrane will allow the team to be that expensive against us? or Because we, we've seen a lot of teams come and sit back against us. Yeah, I... I suspect he will try and be expansive in some of the games. So I think we've still got Harrogate and Hartlepools to to come at home, and I think mm-hmm. those are the games where he will he will be under pressure to go out and uh, and try and win them. Yeah, against Northampton, he may be a little bit more cautious, and it probably is one given where you are in the league that we'd uh, we'd take a point from. Um, so yeah, it may be that the cold hard reality of Graham Coughlin uh, comes up against my uh, my enthusiastic <laughs> optimism that we might try and come out and win a game. But um, yeah, I mean, a point would be would be would be decent for us. I mean, you must be looking at the table now and and just trying to work out how many more games you you think you need to win in order to seal that promotion. Um, how, I mean, how how are you feeling about the the trip given where you are in the table and that 
um, that that slight expectation that yeah, we we are just kind of on the beach and there for the taking. I mean, I, I don't, I can't see John Brady thinking that any teams on the beach because we can't afford to look at that, especially after last season, after the way it ended last season. It's uh, it's it's hard to know how we're going to approach it because we've had basically a whole team out injured and we're just kind of braving through and trying to fight through every single game and trying to see who's available for the next game and it's coming together and other results are going our way and stuff like that after last season's experience we can't take anyone lightly we can't take any game you know more and the way teams are playing at the moment we can't think teams are on the beach so i think we've just got to come and come and attack it trust ourselves to try and win the game and see what happens elsewhere as well because it is the the type the part of the season where it's getting ridiculously nervous now <laughs> Although I mean, you, you, you've got a good few uh, few points to spare between you and uh, and Stevenage, and then even more against yeah. Car- uh, over Carlisle. Yeah, and, we've got to go to Carlisle. I, as I expected well. to, to be the. I yeah, I thought they would be the real form team in this yeah. second half of the season. I was very impressed by them when we played up at Brunton Park, um, mm. but they they seem to have stalled a little bit in the last few weeks. Yeah, struggling to score, I think, aren't they as well? Mm. Um, but um, yeah, we still got to go there as well. So that's the big one. But um, got to get through this weekend of two games in four days which is going to be difficult um the way our squad is at the minute but um very quickly on ryan haynes as well before yes yeah yeah yeah. i'm i'm um, a huge ryan haynes fan he was my my son's favorite uh for us so he was always a player who i watched very closely um and yeah just had a lot of lot of time for him as a, a player and a human being so um i always keep a bit of an eye on him uh whenever i'm reading about northampton i was a massive fan of him before we signed because that goal he scored at port vale I think it was on Bank Holiday Monday last year when we were sort of again third, fourth and waiting for Port Vale to, to slip up and they slipped up at, at home to you guys. Ryan Haynes scored really early on. And so I was excited when he signed but he's, and he's only just come into the team as well because he's been kind of waiting patiently for most of the season to get in. So hopefully he comes, he'll, he'll probably play on Saturday or on Friday, sorry, I would imagine. So hopefully he'll get a good reception from your fans as well. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. I think yeah, he was he was regarded as a very good pro while he was here. Um, I would have loved us to have kept him. Um, in the end, probably we we made the right decision given who we were able to to bring in. But um, but yeah, I've got got a lot of time for Ryan Haynes. He's a he's a good pro. Good stuff. Um, where should we be eating, drinking before the game in Newport around the surrounding areas? My my usual tips are um, if you find yourself on the high street, then there are two great pubs opposite each other. You've got Ye Old Marenga House, nice. uh, which is a kind of a very old fashioned mock Tudor um, uh, Sam Smith's uh, pub. Good beer, nice nice people, very um, traditional interior. And then literally across the road from that, you have Tiny Rebel, who are a local brewery. Um, the beer is excellent. They do very very good food, um, and those two are are ideally situated between the train station and the ground so um those are my top tips good stuff away fans welcoming both i'd assume yeah yeah <laughs> good stuff uh end with predictions then for this one good friday um i'll let you go first i will i will go for one one um i think we'll we'll grind out a draw and try and uh piss on your chips in your promotion hunt um <laughs> so yeah we'll i reckon one one Nice one. I'm going to go one nil. I think early goal, five minutes. What you said about you starting slowly. I'm going to pick up on that early goal. Ryan Haynes, top corner, five minutes. Then we'll sit back and hold on. But um, it's going to be a tough one. I think every game from now on is just going to be full of ridiculous nerves. But uh, but there we go. Um, thank you, Ed, for joining us so much. That was great. Um, where can we find you on social media? Uh, we are at 1912Exiles uh, on Twitter and 1912Exiles on Facebook. So yeah, people can find us easily enough. Good stuff. 
thanks again that's great um, such a good chat with you thank you and um, we'll uh, see how it goes on Friday um, Charles will be back over the weekend with a preview for Monday's game at home to Gillingham with Matt from Jills in the Blood uh, we'll see you then have a good weekend everyone Podcast Network.